What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry of the Cats Paws. Derek, Kentucky dropped 14-3 today at Kroger Field to Georgia, a game that was actually much lower scoring and a lot closer than I think a lot of people realize. Kentucky did cover the spread, but they honestly, they never really were a threat to do anything, and I think Georgia knew that. Yeah, second straight game of just really poor offensive play, which I think was probably expected more so this game against a defense as good as Georgia's. But uh, no touchdowns for the second straight year (laughs) against Georgia. They did have a very impressive, uh, we'll say, 19-play, I think 77-yard drive. They ended in a field goal. It was the only, only drive of the day where they got points. So that was the drive that had some physical play. I thought you saw UK's energy level really pick up on that drive. Uh, Moving piles, Chris Rodriguez really got going. He was probably the one bright spot, I would say, of the offense. And I'm sure we'll get into it later, but I thought Gatewood was okay. He wasn't the fix or anything like that for the offense to suddenly improve. But for his first ever start against a team that good, I thought he did some things you can build on. Overall, Obviously, I know I'm stating the obvious. It's just it's hard to win when you don't score, really. I mean, they had three points, so you're not going to beat many teams doing that. So they will have a whole bye week right here to figure out what in the hell to do <laughs> these last four games. Well, I, I will say this. I think we learned today that the quarterback spot's not the problem. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's – I think the problem is deeper than quarterback. I've actually been saying that for a long time with this offense. Going back to the 2018 season when they looked out of sorts – at times that I've always thought that the the problem was much deeper than quarterback. And then for those, you know, that was down on Terry, this offense didn't look any different than it did the previous five games. And then two, the only thing that looked different today, Derek, was they finally committed to Chris Rodriguez in the backfield. I think that's the only thing that you can take away from this game, honestly, is that they committed to him and maybe now you're going to see that moving forward. I think, too, one thing that I'd like to see is Chris got to what, 20 carries today? Mm-hmm. Is that the number? I would, and how many touches did Gatewood get? With, which some uh, of those were scrambles so too. I think 12. Okay. 12 when you take out the sacks. He got sacked four times, and he's credited with 16 rush attempts. I just think that Rodriguez, is, he, we, we mentioned that number 20 earlier in the week, that you'd like to see him get the 20. I think the way he ran today, Derek, maybe 25 or 26 but then again too Kentucky just wasn't able to complete drives like you mentioned the long drive that they had they had to settle for a field goal there was another drive that Joey Gatewood fumbled on that Mm -hmm. was moving so do you maybe look at that as a positive that they were able to you know sustain some drives against Georgia get first downs even though it was a slow methodical approach they still were moving the ball down the field they were it wasn't a like last week was an embarrassing performance. It was inexcusable how bad they were against Missouri. 
today wasn't it wasn't great, but at the same time it was you know they got over 200 yards, but they just they couldn't really score. And the Gatewood fumble was big. I don't remember what down that was, but UK was on Georgia's side of the field. Um, maybe you're getting closer to field goal range there, and if Ruffalo can kick one through, at the very least, you're, it's back to a one-possession game. But I'll tip my hat to the defense. I didn't think they were great, but, you know, they gave up, I think, over five yards per carry again to Georgia. It just happens almost every single year. They just get shredded by those guys on the ground. But they made some big plays. Phil Hoskins had a huge interception. Uh, probably the big single snack. best play by anybody this year in terms of just concentration from a defensive lineman. That was great. Kelvin Joseph, another pick. He's got three interceptions now. He's really come around this year since early on. Those guys did a good job keeping points off the board for Georgia. But I, they, they had a winning effort, I would say. Um, but had some drives where they let Georgia – just go right out. Actually, both the Georgia scoring drives are just straight down their throat runs that UK could not stop. But they settled in a little bit. And um, if you go into that game knowing you held Georgia to 14, they could probably feel like you had a chance to win. But just the, how bad the offense was, it just never really felt like once Georgia scored again to start the third quarter, it was almost like you knew it was going to be way too much for Kentucky to even score two touchdowns. What? This. This is just an embarrassing offense. Yeah. It's embarrassing to watch. Uh, really, honestly, there's no excuse for a Power 5 offense to look as poorly as they do. And honestly, Derek, it, it's been this way for a long time. It's just been covered up by a very, very successful running game with Benny Snell and then Lynn Bowden last year. It feels like at times that they're trying to call plays like they still have Lynn Bowden back there. And I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I've kind of been putting it off who to blame is. But the longer this goes, I think – Honestly, I think today was you just uh, kind of just addition, like you just kind of subtract some things. I think you can take the quarterback out of it. I don't think the quarterback's the problem. Uh, clearly, play calling at times. They, I think they completed an 11-yard pass and a 10-yard pass today. That's you're not beating Georgia doing that. You're not beating any team, many teams in the SEC doing that. But against Georgia, an 11-yard pass and a 10-yard pass is the most you've had down the field throwing the football. I would say the most frustrating thing was that they just felt like they played like a straight-up game against a team that is too good to do that against. Like, no creativity at all, I think. I mean, that's probably the biggest criticism I have from this game is you're an overwhelming – well, I'll say overwhelming. Like, you're a pretty heavy underdog to a team as good as Georgia. And to their credit, running the ball with Rodriguez was pretty successful. I mean, he averaged five yards per carry. But really no shots downfield. And, again, Stoops after the game – more or less of those plays were called. So basically to me, it's pinning it on the players. So what you're saying is either Gateway didn't make those throws or the wide receivers didn't get open. Um, and every time I look down the field, Gateway didn't have anybody to throw it to. <laughs> no. So that's what it comes back down to me. Uh, whatever scenario I envision the wide receivers having this year, they've been worse than even what I would have predicted. Probably not surprising today against a defense this good that they struggled, but it's been all year that they've really had a hard time. I mean, outside of Josh Ali, no one has really played that well. Daly had some good catches today, but um, with the quarterbacks, I would say where I sit on it, I don't know what they're going to do with Terry in terms of his injury. I would keep playing Gatewood at this point. Your season's lost. You're two and four. You're going to lose two more games against Georgia, or sorry, against Florida and Alabama, most likely. So he gets his bye week. Leave him as the number one guy. 
if things are just bad against Vanderbilt, and they shouldn't be, but if things are bad against Vanderbilt, then at that point I'm open to seeing Bo Allen or somebody. But today was probably reinforcement to me, Sean, that you need to keep Gatewood in there because he at least gives you a running threat. I believe if you take out the sack yards, he would have run for about 43 yards a day, which isn't, you know, isn't a huge game. But 16 carries to 43 yards, you can see he has some – when he runs the ball, it's like it's kind of exciting. Like you don't know what might happen. Um, so I think he gives you an element there. Whereas if you do play Bo Allen, who's going to help Bo out? Who's he to? Nobody. Yeah. So I mean, Harris Harris dropped. He almost dropped the ball he'd already caught today. Yeah. Like I mean, what? So that's why I don't think it would benefit you unless it's just horrible. Like I said, against Vanderbilt, if you're struggling to move the ball against them, and I think they'll be able to. That'll be a team they can run the offense they did today and probably run for. 250, 300 yards against Vanderbilt. But I think one of my big takeaways, Sean, and I guess I could save this for after Florida, but I think we've already seen enough. It's that, if anything, this year has been enlightening in the sense that I'm not sure they're as close as we thought they were <laughs> to the top of the league. They're not. And, uh, it was an eye-opener. They play fine. Like, this was not embarrassing today. It was 14-3. to 3. I'm sure Georgia fans aren't real pleased with what they saw. But you're probably going to walk away from this year with beating – Tennessee is your biggest win, which is a huge win for this program, don't get me wrong, but where has Tennessee been you, in the SEC well, hierarchy the last few years? Right where Kentucky is. In two, in past years, they've lost the Tennessee game, but they've also made steps forward. This isn't a step forward year, even with the Tennessee win. I almost think it's a step back, just given the way that they performed at Missouri last week. Now, had they won at Missouri last week and come in here and lost this game 14-3, to you probably feel a little bit better, honestly. But then again, Derek, at some point you have to decide, are you really at the point where you can say that you're competing for an SEC East championship? Because they're not close. No. Uh, they're going to go into next year projected probably fifth or sixth in the East. And honestly, after what I'm seeing right now, that's where I'd put them going into next year. Like, what are you seeing from this offense that's going to make a move and do anything different? Sure, the running backs are great. Uh, the tight ends, though, I mean, the middle of the field was open, and then that kind of got taken away. Justin Reed looks really slow. When he catches the ball in the middle field, I don't know if that's just me. I mean, he looks super slow. Uh, Upshaw had a drop today. Yep, I mean, it's numbers. just like what can you – Some like you could have Tim Couch back there. But when you're throwing to that, and like you said, you can see it from the press box, guys are not getting open. There is no separation. And sure, a quarterback listening to the show might say, well, you got to give your guys a chance to, to make a play. Uh, no, that ball is going to be you – know, We've already seen it enough. They can't even catch slants, let alone yeah. balls down the field. I'm at the point where you either have to do a total overhaul of your wide receiver room next year, personnel, which is always tricky in college. They have four guys committed. you got to hope you can hold on to them. The one-time transfer rule should pass. Can they convince any good receivers or even mediocre receivers to transfer into here, given what they've showed so far? I don't know. Or you have to really evaluate – the coaching staff and how will you develop a better passing scheme because whatever they're doing right now the blame's going to go somewhere I guess but it's, it's a total failure in everybody's part like no SEC offense should be this bad throwing the ball for the amount of time Kentucky has been bad throwing the ball well and you know you're, you're seeing the fire Eddie Grand tweets and everything on Twitter honestly Derek how, how can you really put it on anyone else I mean even if it's even if it's a personnel problem recruited he recruited the personnel like, the staff recruited the personnel. If that's the problem, it's still your fault, regardless if they're not making plays or what. 
So at some point, I think, and I think you will know in the next two weeks, if they come out and they look awful against Vanderbilt, Derek, then I just assume that they're going to look terrible on offense the rest of the year. Uh, I do know one thing. There's, they're, they're not going to have any kind of passing game the rest of this year. I'm sorry. It's, it's not going to be there. If they win any football games the rest of the season, it's going to be because of their defense and their ground attack. Today they did exactly what they wanted to do. They controlled the ball for, what, 35 minutes plus? I think was time of possession. Yeah, they had 35 to 25. <laughs> pretty even right there, yeah. actually. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> and it's and that's the thing. Like, you, you look at that and you think the score is 14 to 3. I mean, Kentucky had opportunities to win this game. But you can move the ball down the field. At some point, though, you got to have playmakers that stick the ball in the end zone. I mean, where was the tempo today? They were down 11 points, and they were just – just kind of hee-hawing along. No Drive started at nine minutes, and they I think they moved 25 yards they in four minutes. They didn't get past midfield. No, uh-huh. it, it, was, uh, it was painful to watch. Now, I will say this. They had a couple of calls that went against them at times, but still it wasn't going to make a difference in the game, in my opinion. Uh, the defense, they've, they buckled in. They buckled down. They bend but don't break. Uh, like you said, they had a huge play by field. They gave them a chance to at least win the game. Yeah. But at the same time, you have got to have something. Why, and here's my next question. Why in the hell was Kirby Smart even throwing the football? <laughs> After that opening drive and stuff, and then at times they, they would throw it. I was like, why are you even? And even on the pick to Kelvin Joseph, they were running the ball. I told a joke I was proud of during the game to one of my friends who covers South Carolina. More or less asking what happened in the game. Uh, that's the way I'll phrase it. It wasn't exactly that. But... <laughs> He asked, he said, didn't a team want Eddie Grant here recently? And I said, yeah, two years ago, Georgia. And he said, can you imagine Eddie running an offense at Georgia? And I basically told him, well, you see the way Kirby Smart operates. Like, I can see why a guy like Eddie Grant would be appealing to him. Because there's, I mean, Georgia, I always like to think of the other team's perspective. Like, there's no way anybody at Georgia's happy, like, with that game today. Nope. I mean, no way. 14-3 win. Stetson Bennett, again, two interceptions. Um I almost felt like I was watching Kentucky on that side of the ball, too, just like a little bit better version. But, like, all their throws almost outside of a here, a few here and there were check downs. Yeah. All the troops held their leading receiver today was a running back. <laughs> how, so, I mean. How deflating is it, though, that it's 7-3, to three, it's fourth and one from the 22-yard line, and essentially the game was over one snap later on yeah. the fourth down play. I, I knew the moment he scored. I said, that's it. That's game. As soon as it got above a one-score game, it was done. There was no chance. That's a huge indictment on your on your program, on your offense, that you get in a point. It's like you almost have to be perfect in order to win games. You have to have your defense. One, you have to have your defense playing great. And they've been fine this year. I think the defense has been – they had the one bad game against Ole Miss, but otherwise they've been, they've been okay. And they don't have the kind of offense this year, though, to really I – don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, the offense is just so bad that I'm with you where – you're, you're, actually, you're more than halfway through the season. You're six games through. This is a team that, you know, what are they going to have left to play for? They should beat Vanderbilt. Probably won't beat the other two teams. And then you can maybe cap the season with a win against South Carolina. But at this point, I mean, they're not going to magically get better over the bye week and no. learn how to throw the ball. I mean, no. it's just you're going to have to gut your way through this year. And that's why Stoops can start now thinking big picture what he wants for this program. I think in a normal year, again, this would have been another seven, eight win team and it would have been fine. People it's stable. But Probably. this year, more than anything, I've shown you that what the current setup they have is not gonna be good enough well, to get to the top tier of the SEC. Well here's the deal. Seven, five, eight and four, that was great. 
for the last three or four years. You know, other than the ten and three season, of course, that was the uh, the top the top point. But going back throughout our entire lifetime, seven to five, eight and four was fantastic. Well, guess what you've done now? You've convinced this fan base that they can do better. Seven and five, eight and four. It's not going to shut people up there, especially when you run an offense out on the field like that. Uh, if they had an exciting offense, I think eight and four would be fun. Right now, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, if I was a fan, I wouldn't waste my money coming to watch this. I would sit at home on my couch and watch this. What are you coming to cheer? No, get up on third down when the defense has a chance to get a stop because you're sure as hell not going to celebrate a touchdown at any point. Well, the worst part is I think they've done a good enough job on this roster building it around on the defense that if you did have a good offense, you could be a very good program. Very good. And that's that's another area where I think Stoops has to address that – I just refuse to think that if Saban's making the comments that he is, I can't imagine Stoops is going to look at that and think what we're doing is fine. I don't know where it starts. That's, that's the thing. you got to have a breakthrough somewhere. And um, it's not going to happen this year. I think we can all accept that. It's not going to change much. Um, overall, Sean, I finally picked the game correct. <laughs> not, not saying much because they were a heavy favorite. But they played them a little closer than I thought. I tipped my hat to the defense. Nothing stunning to me. I guess my main takeaway, Sean, boy, I'll close this one. I'd ride with Joey through the, through the bye week. I, I'd actually go Joey the rest of the season yeah. as long as things are – if he played like he did today, I think that's fine for the rest of the year. Um, if you decide to have wholesale changes next year or philosophy changes, whatever you want to do, I think it would be fair to, to have a quarterback battle of Bo or Joey next season. But um, – it's it's a big it's a bummer though, Sean, that you go into the to the bye week and the expectations for UK this season were already having to turn to next year if you're thinking big picture because all the goals this year are pretty much gone. So uh, still, I wouldn't tell people to panic. They need to obviously they need to address some changes. I think there are still good players on this roster, um, but it's time I think to start turning that page and trying to improve the program for the future. Yeah, that, that's that's what you know Mark Stoops has to assess over the next month and a half, really, going into December. Uh, Derek, we know they're going to play in a bowl game at some point. I mean, that's just the way this thing's trending and everybody's going to be bowl eligible. Uh, But Stoops definitely has some uh, tough decisions to make, and he has to really assess where this program is because right now, Derek, I'm I'm not going to fall for that we're going to win the East stuff next year because this year they're showing, and against an all-SEC schedule, that they're, they're mediocre. They're actually below mediocre yeah. on one side of the ball. They're, the other side of the ball has done really well. You get to see that Mark Stoops' defensive mind is there. Uh, but something has to be done with this offense. And now they have two weeks. And I'll tell you, if they come out and look flat and bad against Vandy after two weeks, uh, you might as well just uh, put the nail in the coffin with that offense because okay, people are not excited about it. Let's say they do play well, though. What's it matter? It's Vandy. It's Vanderbilt. Yeah. So like they're at a point where that's all I was saying. I think South Carolina is maybe like the final judgment. Because yeah. it's more of a team on your level, so I don't know. I don't either. We think uh, three and seven or four and six. I'm going to still say four and six. I, I still think that they'll they'll get two more wins. I think that defense is enough, and I think their ground game's enough. And I do think that you're going to see Chris Rodriguez just to put a stranglehold yeah. on this backfield, Derek. And uh, you had a hot take that I won't I won't share. Uh, I know so you, you still want to see some more, but it's amazing that you said I have the hottest take for you, and I literally said it to you. Well, I said it to a few people, and the answer maybe it wasn't as hot of a take as I thought because either people guessed it or people were like, oh, that's not that crazy. It's not that so crazy. So let's go and say it. I was saying Rodriguez is a better running back than Benny Snell. <laughs> yeah. He's faster. 
the, the big thing and worth tip your hat to Benny was he was like every down he was going to bring it. Yeah. And I think Chris is that way too. Um, but Benny's consistency was so good. But in terms of just pure running back, like Rodriguez looks like an NFL guy, NFL guy to me. If you do what he did today against Georgia, probably the best defense you're going to see. You run for over 100 yards, as physical as he was. That's an NFL type running back. It I is. Think. So and I'll tell you this. He's the guy to build around yeah. for the rest of the season. I'll tell you this, and I'll wrap up with this. Uh, they were down 14 to three, and he was dancing. Yeah. Right before <laughs> the that. first snap of the drive, and you know what he did after that? He went yards. and just ran down their neck. I mean, this. That's some confidence right there. Uh, I'll tell you some more confidence too, Derek. The Butcher's Pub is the place to be. I guarantee it. It's the best place to share a laugh, catch a game, enjoy a drink on a Saturday night. So get out to the Butcher's Pub tonight, watch some uh, Saturday night football in the SEC or around college football. You can check them out on Facebook or visit thebutcherspub.com. This has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. We'll catch you next time. Fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.